Welcome to the Living Room Worship Podcast with your host, Crystal Luster. Join me in my living room right now so we can explore in a fresh way what worship looks like in everyday life. Welcome, everyone. I am thrilled, as always, to be your host, Crystal Luster, and you are now in Living Room Worship. And We have a special treat today. I was thumbing through some... Um, social media posts uh, concerning Jackie Hill Perry. If you don't know who she is, definitely check her and her husband Preston out. Their whole family is really, really cool. And she has an amazing story. And I came across this podcast episode um, with a another host, Lori Creek. Am I saying your last name right? Yes, you are. Okay, Lori Creek. And I listened to the podcast. And then, of course, I went through all of the the website and just kind of looked through her page. And I was just like blown away by her story as well. And so I reached out. Thank you to whoever created social media and DMs. Yes, I slid into the DM and I was like, can we do a podcast episode together? Um, As most of you know, if you've been listening to Living Room Worship for a while, what we like to do here is take biblical principles and bring them down to real life situations. You know, what happens after the Sunday service? How can we apply real life and and really look at what Jesus would do in real life situations? Not to say that the Bible isn't real life, but, you know, sometimes we can have this inspirational speech on Sundays and then we go out into the world and we're like, okay, what do we do now with this and with that and in real life situations with real life people? And so um, I am really, really excited and honored to have Lori Krieg on as a guest. Lori, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I love what you guys are doing and glad to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. We are excited to have you be a part as well. And so um, can you just kind of tell us who you are and, and what your brand is? What's your what's your journey like? Yeah. So my name is Lori and my story as Lori is, um, well, my, my mission is to connect the church and sexuality to take similar to what you guys are doing to take the gospel reality through the lens of sexuality and bring it into our real lives. And so my mission is to teach the church uh, how to approach sexuality with the gospel. And um, that really began as fruit from my own story paired with surrendering of my story and my version of brokenness to God and just following him in obedience which I'm happy to share some of that story now or what would be helpful. Well, I want to, I want to set this up because what you just said already is just such, such a, a juicy, if I can use that term, um, such a, such yeah. a juicy setup. Um, so I have talked about a lot of different topics that are probably considered a little ca- uh, controversial or a little taboo when it comes to church. And so what I've been doing this month is, you know, this is national women's month. I've been having, most of my guests have been women with the exception of, I think two people so far, no three. I did have my husband on. Um, but most of my women have been, most of my guests have been women already. And for national women's month, um, I've also been talking about like, I started the month talking about entrepreneurship and then I'm also kind of taking a shift talking about some other things that God has been putting on my heart. And so um, last week I had a guest on Selena, uh, who was a high school friend of mine, and she was talking about uh, mental health and what kind of came up in that discussion 
was this burden that God has recently placed on my heart. I guess it's always been there, but it's been really strong lately. Just talking about um, love and, and the gospel and, and what the greatest commandments are and how that fits into a world where the church is faced with so much adversity as far as um, what we are taught in church and what we're taught through the gospel, what we're taught through the word of God versus what we see in the media and how we interact with people who believe differently from us. And so uh, we were talking about mental health and how the church hasn't really done a, a fabulous job thus far of helping people that deal with mental health, that deal with mental illnesses, um, you know, a lot of times in church, we'll just kind of slap a, a prayer on it and say, okay, you're good. But, you know, you can pray and also go to therapy. And so um, in that conversation, we were just talking about this burden that I have to just really love on the people that the church doesn't always know how to love on in a way that is loving, that is kind, that is gentle as the, as the gospel tells us to do. And so of course, one of the topics that I've really been wanting to kind of dive into is sexuality uh, from a lot of different aspects, but mostly because people don't talk about it enough in church. I don't think, you know, we, we quote a couple scriptures, but we don't unpack the reality of what we go through in the world. So yes, I would definitely love for you to share a bit of your story. And then I just have mm -hmm. a few questions to kind of follow up with that and definitely please share. Yeah, love that. I love your heart. I love your tenacity. And I love that you're willing to be courageous and step into stories and conversations that uh, can be scary and hard. Um, yeah. So um, I was born at a very young age. Uh, but it's like my dad joke of the day but um I was born with a few different things I was born um to a big family I have 11 brothers and sisters wow. yeah I am number nine we don't have names just numbers okay. now but uh it was, it was fun. It was chaotic. It was such like a cross between like the best summer camp ever and like a one room schoolhouse oh, and God. <laughs> like the hunger games thrown in. <laughs> so, um, but I loved it. I'm, I'm never not texting someone in my family. It's always so, but I was also born in addition to this big family, I was born, um, with this God shaped hole in my heart. So our podcast that we're doing is called the Hole in My Heart podcast. And so that really just alludes to, you know, you hear this kind of ambiguous phrase of like, you just need Jesus or this mm -hmm. God shaped hole in your heart. It's kind of like Augustine that uh, where he talks about that we're, we have this longing that can only be filled with God. Or you mm -hmm. hear that in Acts 17 when Paul is like talking to the Athenians and he's like that we, God's desire was for us to sort of feel our way toward God and find him. But instead of just saying it's like this ambiguous hole in our heart, we like to actually name what's in there. Mm. Uh, and you can see it before the fall. You see these good needs for things like nurture. Like, wh why did God create us with this need for sleep and food? Mm -hmm. Like, he could have just been like robot people go right. We needed to be nurtured. That's a good thing. That's not a fallen thing. It's a good thing. We're in need for purpose. You know, he gave us jobs before the fall or the need to belong. It's not good for man to be alone or the need to be affirmed. He called creation good. So we have all these good needs, including this one to be noticed or seen. 
And so you see that in Ephesians where it says before he created the world, he saw us and chose us to be his own. Mm -hmm. You hear this good need to be desired and seen. And, and often when we feel those inside of us, those needs, like, oh, I just want someone to look me in the eyes. We can either do two things. We can either be a stoic and shove that crap down, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh no, needs, pish posh, I'm fine. needs. <laughs> or we can become an addict. Yeah, I don't need needs, screw you, needs. No, or we can become an addict and we can go crazy and say, oh, I need to be seen. Do you see me? Do you love me? Am I okay? And so we can stare at really idols is what it is. Yeah. And so you, the world, feel me when we know the world can't. Right. Instead of either going stoic or addict, we need to sit in that neediness and give it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Jesus, do you see me? Do you love me? And when people in creation, like our jobs or our loved ones, see us, instead of staring at them to complete us, we need to really look through them to the need meter, capital N, capital N, M, of our souls. Yeah, I didn't know that growing up. <laughs> so, I mean, do we? You just, I grew up in a Christian family. You pray the prayer. You need God at some level, but I don't understand all this language. And so I had a few different forms of brokenness. I was born, we all are born post-fall with a natural, because of the fall, default, predisposition, or orientation, if you will, to get those good needs of our heart met in ways that don't actually satisfy us and don't glorify God. Mm. We are all born that way. Mm. So we look to, you know, some acceptable sins or like people pleasing, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm just such a people pleaser, whatever, or performance, workaholism. So those were a couple defaults of mine. Mm. But also for me, from a young age, I noticed I had this natural default because of the fall. I wanted women to see me, but not just in friendship, but it, it was turned into this sexual desire toward women, oh. which feeling that at a young age in a Christian home in the nineties wasn't okay. Uh -huh. And it wasn't like someone sat me down. It was like, so this is the worst sin. Huh. It was in the air. It was, there was, you know, Christian radio, you'd hear things. At least I did like, there's this war on marriage and this gay agenda is going to destroy the family. And so I was baffled uh, when I'd feel this, but it wasn't like, here is my version of sexual brokenness that I need to surrender. It was like, fragment yourself, mm. cut it out. So I did that growing up. And then I hit college and another woman feels the same way about me as I do about her. And even though I was uh, following Jesus, like I wasn't sleeping around with women and doing drugs and, you know, I didn't fit my own version, my own stereotypes of a homosexual lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I say that with air quotes, like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. I, my dad was a pastor at that time. And so I was so confused and I didn't know what to do with this. And I didn't know this heart language that I just rolled out for you. Mm. So I reached a point finally, because I, I didn't know how 
I kept trying to like pray the gay away or just stop it. And it was unbearable to live in that tension. It was, it was unbearable. And I hit a point after I graduated from college where I was either going to kill myself like legit or come out as a lesbian atheist. And I had the word atheist in there because I actually knew and even believed God's design for marriage was between a man and a woman. Uh-huh. I actually believed it. I just didn't think I could live it out without hating myself all the time. Uh-huh. So hot mess express right there. What happened? Well, someone came alongside me and she taught me not Leviticus, not Romans 1, not 1 Corinthians 6, you know, all the passages that talk about homosexuality. She came alongside me heart to heart. She, she taught me this heart language in relationship to my sexuality. And she these very weird questions. She'd ask me these questions like this, Lori, when you are envisioning being with a woman, like your ideal, perfect woman, what are you picturing? I was like, that's awkward. I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) She's like, no, but for real. And I surprised myself that the words that came tumbling out of my mouth were not sexual words. It was heart language. It was, I want to be seen. I want to be known. I want to be loved. I want someone to just love me as I am. And she said, Lori, that's not a bad thing. Because remember what I was saying, what we do with our needs, we either stow it. So I was trying to like cut off not only the sexual attractions, but also the need driving them. Right. And so I just was taking my good needs to the wrong place. Now, the right place wouldn't have been a dude. Uh You know, the right place is Jesus. But I even looked at her and I go, oh, don't even tell me the answer is Jesus. (laughs) I know Jesus Uh and he doesn't work. He does not work. And but I didn't realize that I knew Jesus. And now I'm pointing to my head. but I didn't really expect experience him Uh because I had a lot of garbage between my good needs and the savior. I had lies. I was believing I had pain in my life. I lamented. I had bitterness that I hadn't forgiven. Those are all blocks to experiencing the love of the father. And so really what set me free, quote unquote, not from the attractions, but from the power of them was her helping to remove the barriers between my good need and the need meter. And so that was the discipleship journey we went on. And um, I haven't been the same since. I have chills, <laughs> literal chills. That was probably one of the best stories. Like I could just listen to you all day. Um, you talk like you're writing a book and I know that you have a book, which I definitely want you to share with my listeners um, before we, we end the show. But wow, is really all I can say. Um, 
as a as a person who also grew up in church, I didn't quite come from a, as huge of a family. Um, I love all your dad jokes, by the way. That was really funny. <laughs> but, you know, I come from a big family in general. And I was, you know, raised up in the church as well. And I can relate to that. And I think that that's some of the things that I want to kind of debunk in this episode. Um, you know, I know that it, it, it's going to take several episodes. Um, I have a, a couple other people that are coming on. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of Linda Jernigan, but she has a similar story. Um, she was actually going through a transformation process as well. Um, and I kind of met her at the tail end of that where she um, she kind of shares a, a similar sentiment where it's not that she fell in love with me and she fell in love with Jesus and it yeah. tra- trans it just transformed her. And so, um, you know, I can, I can relate to this idea of need. I went the opposite direction with that need. I tried to fill my God-shaped hole with boys yeah. when I was young. And I had this need of being accepted and being seen and being loved. And I filled it with being boy crazy. I filled it with people pleasing. I filled it with trying to be perfect. I filled it with pornography for a while. I filled it with so many different things. And then I fell into this deep depression. Um, And God, it was when, it was in that moment. So like I I had this very religious outlook for a long time Mm -hmm. until I found myself knee deep in just some of the darkest days of my life. And when I say like, literally, like I would just sit in the dark. If I, I was in college at the time, so I would go to class and maybe go to work if I had the energy. Um, and then I would come home and sit in the dark for hours. I wouldn't talk to anyone. Like I was just in this, in this really bad place. And in that, in that ugly moment, I remember hearing the audible voice of God for like the first time. And he just said, I love you. And I was just like, nobody loves me. What do you mean? And he's like, I want you. And I'm like, I don't even want me. And I just, I felt this tangible embrace. And that moment changed my life. Um, You know, I had some great moments before then. A lot of people poured into me, but it wasn't until that moment that I understood the difference between religion and relationship. And it wasn't like in that moment, it was like, oh, I no longer have this boy craziness. Like I still struggle with that for years on after that. But there was this healing process that began um, that it helped me identify, like you just said, the, the difference between the need and the need meter. Um, that, yeah. that right there, just, I know some people just got like blessed and set free um, in that. <laughs> and I just thank you for being so open and transparent. Um, so a couple things that I want to touch on, on, on what you just shared, this heart language. Um, I think that it's, it's really important for people. So what I like to do, I, I, I like to welcome and structure my show for people that are churched and unchurched. I really, really have a heart for the unchurched, um, more so because a lot of times they're turned away and turned off by church, unfortunately. And I want them to experience the love of Christ the way that Christ intended for love to be shown um, instead of just, oh, memorize this prayer in this scripture. It's just like you said, you didn't don't please don't tell me Jesus because I, <laughs> I know Jesus and this doesn't this doesn't work. And I, and I want to break that down. And so when you have this mentor come along and start speaking about these heart issues, like what was going through your mind? when you were trying to decipher between 
these these needs, these um, desires that you were having, both um, you know mentally, emotionally, and physically. Like, what was that process like for you as you started working with this this uh, mm-hmm. person that was discipling you? Yeah, yeah. And her name is Carolyn. Yeah. And um, that book that you uh, referred to. So I um, I wrote a study that really breaks down this heart thing that we're talking about and really explores my discipleship journey with her because that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. It's discipleship. It's just in the context of my my story. Uh, so you guys, yeah, I'm sure you'll link to that. You can find it on our site. But I don't say that to sell books. I say that because if you have more questions, there are some answers. But really, what was going on in my heart was and in my mind. So I, it felt like I'd come and sit with her, and I'd bring my barrel of behavior issues, as well as my shame and self-hatred. You alluded to that in your story. And then this question that she really unearthed of, is there something good underneath that? Mm. So I would bring it to her. And growing up, especially in college, I was the one that people came to for Christian answers to stuff. Mm. I was the Christian leader on my Christian campus and in my Christian church and in my Christian family. Like I had my stuff together, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And the outside I did, and it wasn't even like that I was trying to be fake. I just didn't understand how to get to that hearty place. So how did she do that? And how did I get there is really what you alluded to too. It was learning to hear and experience not even just like the voice of God, but also the like tenderness of God. And so I think the linchpin or the crowbar or the glute, something that helped to make sense for me to cut through all the noise and the lies was her teaching me lament and listening prayer. Mm. So I would go to her with all my garbage, they'd be like, essentially fix me or not even same sex stuff. It was just like my depression, Mm -hmm. you know, my wanting to kill myself. That was, that was deep, dark stuff. And so I take it to her and she'd say another weird sentence, which was, well, let's take it to Jesus. What does he think about that? And I was like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I already know. I, if I was to sit where you're sitting, lady, I would know what to say to myself. And she probably knew the right words to say, but God knew the right word I needed from him to cut through that. So I would take all the noise and in a posture of listening, which again, I lay this out in that uh, it's the journey well study. I lay that out there, how she did this, but I learned how to just be with Jesus So speak with Jesus, my real gritty, ugly heart. And um, often when you are wrestling with things that you think are the worst, that's Jesus' specialty. Yeah. And so I, one of the most powerful things for me and what I think Carolyn knew she was doing, I just didn't know she was doing it 
was learning how to not quarantine, like shield Jesus from the broken parts of me, mm. including same sex lusting. Mm. Like that's not something women at least could say for sure a decade ago. And even now, like women don't struggle with sexuality. I'd say tongue in cheek, you know, <laughs> we don't good. We're it's the men and they're heterosexual porn stuff. No, it's so to not shield Jesus like it was too much, but to just say things like this, Jesus, do you know what I'm struggling with? Mm -hmm. And to sit there and to not hide my face and to not cower, but to say, do you know what I'm wrestling with? Mm. And like you heard, dear Crystal, is one of the most powerful things I heard from him was him saying, I know, I know. And I would like wait for the backhand, you know, the like, yeah, that's the worst. Oh, I know. So it was one thing for her, Carolyn, which she was technically my counselor, but she was more like a spiritual, I don't know, amazing woman. She was just amazing. She just walked with God. Mm. So it was one thing for her to show me grace and mercy and shame removal. It was a whole nother level to hear and experience it from God. Yeah. And that helped me that cut through the lies and the pain and to start to tap. I see you, Lori. I know you, Lori. Yeah. And that helped me in trusting him with my broken pieces to trust him with other broken pieces. Mm. Oh, that, that is so rich. You know, I think a lot of times, people like to categorize sin and if they just deal with that, then they're good. But mm. it's just like you said, you know, earlier, our own versions of brokenness, we all have brokenness. Yeah. We're, we're all born into sin. And something that, that Linda Jernigan said that just really blew my mind wide open a few weeks ago, <clears throat> I learned that she said, you know, we're all born into sin. Yeah. Um, but who's to say what kind of sin? Yeah. And so I think sometimes we forget that us in our in our church jargon and, you know, our our taking scriptures out of out of context to mm -hmm. highlight the points that we want to drive home. Um, mm -hmm. We are all born into sin and it has revolutionized the way that I think about the quote unquote big sins or, you know, those yeah. different things. And so I know that, that we're running a little low on time. I want to ask you two more questions. Sure. Um, what do you think that we can do better as a church to serve people struggling with sexual identity? Both, you know, if it's, if it's same sex, and I know you and I had a, a discussion before the podcast about um, the language too. So feel free to, to teach us because quite honestly, like I think part of the pro part of the problem is that we, not only not know, like we don't know how to talk to people about it yeah. um, because we want to be in line with the word, but then we also struggle with this idea of, well, you know, we, we don't want to offend people because we get trashed and, and drugged through the mud for being offensive. That's why people don't want to go to church because they hate church people. But then on the flip side of it, we do have a responsibility to guide people or to, um, you know, show people the gospel, like how, how can we do better as a church in general when it comes to that? Yep. 
So I'm just asking the Lord what to highlight, uh, what would bless your audience. Um, and again, just because I'm I'm a resourcing ministry, uh, we do have a workshop that we do. It's a seven-hour workshop where we unpack this further. So again, even though I might say a few minutes now, you guys, there are, there are more resources where we can link you to other people who have more on this. Yes. But just as I'm asking God, you know, now what would be helpful? Um, one of the biggest things, the best ways that we can tackle people who are wrestling with sexuality and gender is to point to the good of God's design and purpose for our lives. Mm. So what I mean by that is not even pointing to, well, male female marriage is good marriage and makes strong societies and strong people and word of blah, blah, blah. Like that's not where we're pointing. Mm. We're not looking far enough. We're staring at male, female marriage. We need to look further than that to what's the purpose of our lives. Mm -hmm. The purpose of our lives as humanity is to image God and point to Jesus. The Mm -hmm. purpose of our life is to be one with each other, like God is one, and to be invite others into this oneness to make disciples. And so I think that we sometimes get this sense that like the purpose of life is like, we will say, oh yes, to image God or to whatever, glorify God and enjoy him forever. I don't know. We say that and we kind of believe it and we sort of believe it. But then when it comes to the practicality of living out our lives, it's like, no, the purpose of my life is to like, not fight with my husband or my purpose in my life to get married and make Christian babies and tithe <laughs> and die. Like, <laughs> like that's, you know, that's kind of like our, when it comes to every day, that's what we're actually doing. Yeah. And that's yeah, what, right. we say, yes, glorify God. Yes. That sounds very good. But then the actuality of it is no, you find a spouse and you just love each other until death do you part the end. That mm. is a boring life. Mm. That's a boring life into a teenager who is wrestling with attractions to the same sex and who hears you talk about male, female marriage and who hears some vague references to, yes, our life is to glorify God. But when it comes to the practicality, our purpose of life is to get married. They're going to walk right out of the church because they're like, well, I don't fit. I Mm. don't actually fit. But if the purpose of our life is instead to be one with God and one with each other in this body of Christ thing, and then to invite others into this oneness, your marital status isn't as pivotal. It's this oneness, it's this church thing that is the pivotal relationship. Now, what's the purpose of marriage though? If you zoom in on the body of Christ and you see, oh, there's my single friend, Kat, there's my friend, Courtney, there's, you know, these other friends, zoom in on a marriage. Here's Matt and I now. So now I'm married to a dude, which is a whole other story. (laughs) But what's the purpose of marriage? Ephesians 5, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I'm talking about Christ in the church. Mm. So the purpose of marriage is not to reproduce and create Christian babies. I mean, that's good. That's fruit. But the purpose of marriage is to be a metaphor. Yeah. God wants to be one with us. Mm. He wants to marry us. And so how can I, me, a same-sex attracted woman, be married to a dude who's also not always attracted to me because I'm not that cute? Lies. (laughs) we'll deal with we'll pick for those later (laughs) all right i mean i still got these barriers between my good need and the need mirror i'm still working on them but uh, 
is that we die to ourselves every day and to be one with this person if God has called us to marriage, just as we are called to die to ourselves to be one with Christ, just like he died to be one with us. Mm. So that's a challenge. (laughs) So if we want to talk about the good of marriage, really we need to talk about the good and purpose of our life and the challenge, beautiful metaphor of marriage, but that marriage, married people and single people, they're just operating out of different modes to do the mission to make disciples. If that's how we really view our single siblings, as well as our married siblings, as just co-laborers in this recruitment, really, for lack of a better term, this disciple making, then then the LGBT kid, the student who's wrestling with their sexuality, they're not going to hear, feel their ongoing attractions to the same gender as a death sentence, but just as something to surrender. So I think that that's a huge one is we need to reframe how we're talking about our purpose of life and what the metaphor of marriage is. And then secondarily, you were alluding to language stuff. If you all listening want to love LGBT people well, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender well, we need to learn how to engage the culture as missionaries. So if you were to go to a foreign country that did not speak your primary language and you were going to go tell them about Jesus, you would need some time to prepare to do that. Mm -hmm. And you'd want to learn the language and you'd want to dive in that way. And so I hear people when they hear, oh, LGBT, and they're like, oh, the gay agenda or homosexuals or that, you know, it's just kind of this, why is everything so PC? Can I just say the language I want to say? I would just implore you, dear ones, to say, am I willing to be missional? That I can speak not at a behavior level, but at a heart level. And so are you willing to use the lingua franca, the, the language of the day, in order to be missional and speak the gospel heart to heart? So I'll just give one thing. And then if you have any other wrap up questions. So one thing is I would encourage you to use the term LGBT or instead of homosexuals. So I hear that sometimes. And why is that? Because someone who's attracted to the same sex is not the same as someone who identifies as transgender or T. So LGB is different than T. So transgender, that means that's really an umbrella term that is talking about someone who wrestles with their gender identity. Mm-hmm. Some of you listening, this might be like old hat. This is hello. You know this, but just, we need to be understood. It's good to know. So someone who says I identify as transgender, that doesn't mean they're attracted to the same sex. That means when they look in the mirror, they feel like their biology and who they feel they are as male or female or as somewhere in the continuum, it doesn't match. And so that's, that's painful. That's not even, that's in my opinion, not sin. That's just hard. (laughs) Uh And so I would swap out wrestling with your gender identity, like real wrestling, not, you know, we can get into that another time, but like really, (laughs) that's more 
interchangeable with something like anxiety or depression that it is mm. interchangeable with something like lust. So mm -hmm. this is why it's helpful to like learn the language and to actually ask, how do you identify? And to even use that language to describe what pronouns do you use in order to get heart to heart? So gender identity is different than sexual identity, which is me that I am sexually attracted. My default, when I wrestle with lust, it's toward women. Mm -hmm. But my gender identity is not, is not as, I still have issues with gender too. I'm not the perfect specimen of, mm -hmm. but I don't wrestle with my gender identity. So I feel mm -hmm. like those two things, the big picture, as well as learning the language in order to earn the relational currency to speak heart to heart, to be missional. Oh, wow. That was, I mean, truly impactful. Um, I don't think that we do this enough as um, people in the church talking about it. I love the mission that you and your husband are on to, to teach people how to bring the gospel and talk about sexuality. And I mean, it's, it's necessary mm -hmm. and you're absolutely right. I will be the first to apologize for the times that I've gotten frustrated. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I could be so American <laughs> where I'm just like, why won't people just speak English? Like, you know, it's just like, there are so many other countries and continents in the world yeah. that don't have to speak my language. Um, and so, you know, I, I definitely have been trying to do better about being mindful of the, I, I always get the acronyms. I mean, the, it's the okay. yeah, the acronyms great, wrong. Great. Um, yep. But the the LGBTQ, you can that, say, yep, yep, that's yep. yeah. Um, so I've been trying to get better at you know learning about uh, the different um, the different words mm -hmm. and the and the community and and what the struggles are because I think one of the most pivotal things that you said um, you said a lot. I mean, we're I'm definitely gonna have to have you back on at least two yeah, more times. To right. some of that. <laughs> But um, one thing you said was just surrendering what you have. Mm -hmm. And I could just literally see myself when I surrendered my need for, for physical gratification. Yeah. It would be the same as someone surrendering their need for, you know, uh, gratification if they're dealing with same-sex lust or, or gender identity um, questions or if it's, yeah. you know, heterosexual lust or if it's gambling or gluttony or whatever it is, we all have something that we have to surrender. We all have something that we have to place at the altar and God is welcoming to all of us in whatever condition we come in. He's like a, like a, almost like a secondhand store that makes something better and, 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 shines it up and it's and it's new again or or I don't even know if that works but like I think you understand where my mind is going yeah. there yeah. um but I, I I just really appreciate you taking the time to share with us we definitely have to have you come back like that's just right. I I don't know if I have to like beg you well have have you come <laughs> I, I will do it you already have my word now Lord will we'll make it happen there we go. It's, it's there. It's, it's recorded. Yeah. We have witnesses. So um, thank you so much, Lori. Please tell us where uh, people can find you um, and definitely listeners support her book. Like I'm going to order my copy as well. Thank you guys. Oh man. And it's really, it's such a gift to do this ministry work. You can find me at my name, Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E. And then Krieg is K-R-I-E-G. So the I's and the E's, it's just I before E except after C. So just make sure it's I and E for Lori and Krieg. Oh, now see, now I have to share my dad joke. It's not really a dad joke. It's just a, a frustrated English person joke <laughs> that I made on Facebook because I'm like, 
it's I before E except after C and apparently after um what was it not freight anyway yeah there there are so many different words that like don't work with that like oh was it fright it was freight or fright or something yeah yeah it's feisty now or can, something yeah. like that that happened um and I was like this is definitely not I before E so really really funny with that um but yes definitely <laughs> check out Lori Creek she's on um all social media has a website definitely check it out so I'm just gonna pray us out um yeah. Heavenly Father, I just thank you yeah. for being amazing. You are just incredible. Um, you're so big and so kind. You definitely are high, but you see us wherever we are and your love cannot be separated from us. And we thank you for wisdom. We thank you for opening our hearts and our minds to receive understanding. We thank you for just this opportunity to learn about people that you love. You don't just love people who go to church five times a week and who tithe and who give to the poor. You love those who are struggling with identity and struggling with with sexuality and struggling with drugs and whatever it is. You love us all wherever we are. And I know that even though we were all born into sin, that you sent your son to redeem us forever to be with you and that we can have community and fellowship with you and that we can go and make disciples and tell people who you are and how awesome you are and how much you love us. And so I just ask that you just let this word that was that was just released during this episode fall on good ground. May it grow and, and have roots that, that go straight deep down that will transform people into lovers of other people because you command us to love you with everything and to love each other as we love ourselves. So we just thank you. And we praise you for this opportunity to learn about love and about freedom and salvation in a very real and practical way. And I ask that you would bless Lori and her family, oh God, bless her ministry. And I pray that you would just continue to make disciples that will show love wherever they go to whomever they meet in Jesus name. And God, we lift up all of those who are struggling in this moment, who feel like they can't go to church, who feel like they have to be atheists because they just don't understand a world in which they can fit and still love you and still struggle with where they are. We ask that you would just tear down every lie that has been spoken to them or about them or by them in regards to your love for them. And I ask that you would just let your love light up their lives. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.
gone crazy And I can't see that floor I find the quiet place 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 Cause in the quiet In the quiet In the quiet, I know that you are there. I know that you are there, God. Yes, I know that you are there, God. Yeah. Oh, I know that you are there, God. I know that you're there, God, in the quiet, in the quiet, in the quiet. so much for tuning in. I want to connect with you. Find me on social media at Crystal Lustre. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L-L-U-S-T-E-R. So we can support each other in this life journey. And please, please leave a review for my podcast. I truly value your support. Until next time, say it with me. I am loved. I am destined for greatness. And I have the capacity to worship intimately. Have an amazing week. I'll see you next time.